0: So last week we started a series that we're calling hashtag blessed um, and we're looking not at the big picture of what does it mean to be blessed but we're looking at a theme in scripture of spoken blessing. So all through the Bible, we see these moments where blessing is spoken from God over people and and we'll look at other ways that it happens in scripture in a minute. Um, But but what we looked at last week as we began this is to look at God as this blessing speaking God. We as humans are made in his image and part of the image bearing that he has given us is the responsibility to be people who speak his blessing over other people. And so that means we're people who fix our eyes on him, who study and understand his word and and what what he wants for people, we get to know the people round about us, we identify God's heart for them, we look ahead and get glimpses of their future, and we call that future to bear on their present. Um, And so we're going to spend, over this series, we're going to develop our thoughts about what it means to be people who speak blessing. What does that look like? What does it mean for us to try and practice this in the world? And today we're going to look at the pattern that we see of blessing in Scripture. We're going to spend a bit of time looking at the who and the what, and then when I get back from Scotland, we're going to jump into the how. So how do we actually do this uh, as people in the world? So I want to throw up on the screen here, uh, I need to not say that throw up. Uh, I'm going to throw up on the screen. Uh, so I'm going to have Carrie put on the screen for us um, just this description of blessing from this beautiful book given by Tina Bosch. And so here's what she says about blessing. We had this up last week, but just by way of reminder, is the future is the province of Blessing. Blessings are prayers with the horizon in view. They communicate good that I long to see realized in your life. They acknowledge implicitly that God alone is capable of accomplishing that good. Blessings carry us from the present moment into future grace. So over this series, I want us as a church to think about what it looks like to recover the art of blessing and giving spoken blessings to the people around us. So... We're going to look at three, we could say, directions that blessings are given in Scripture today as we pave the way for what we're going to talk about in a couple of weeks. So we're going to look at three directions that blessings are spoken. So directions spoken from God to people, uh, from one person to another, and then from a person to God. So we'll look at number one, um, what does it look like when blessing is spoken from God to people? And are there any themes about this in Scripture that will then shape if we're going to be people who speak blessings over What does that need to look like? So let me look and revisit the passage we looked at last week in Genesis chapter 12 as God speaks a blessing over Abraham. So let's look at what this says. So Genesis chapter 12 verses 1 to 4. The Lord said to Abraham, go from your country, your people and your father's household to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you I will curse, and all peoples on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham went as the Lord had told him. And as you look at this up on on the screen, I want you to pay attention to the blessing. These verses 2 and 3 are sandwiched in the middle of the narrative of the story. Uh, When we speak blessings over people, those blessings are part of a story that they're living. We can't just whip it out of nowhere. Um, So for blessings to be true and impactful, they come in the story that we're in. But just look at what the story and the narrative is around here. It begins with God looks at Abraham and says, Go. So I want you to give up your your family, what's comfortable, the land that you're in. So you're going to leave that and you're going to go. And then he gives this blessing. So when you go, here's the promise I'm making to you. And then what's Abraham's response in verse 4? So Abraham went. So there's a command to go and to be obedient. It finishes with the declaration that Abraham did what God was asking him to do. And everything about this blessing sits in the middle of that context. So whenever we think of hashtag blessed, when you think about living the blessed life, When you think about teachings out there that are like God wants you to be blessed and have everything that you need, we need to remember that blessing in any form is always predicated on obedience to the commands of God. Right? So blessing is always predicated on obedience to the command of God. And so we looked last week at at the initial blessings, like God blesses the creation, blesses man, and he sends them out into the earth. And we call that common grace. It was a blessing that God gave to all of humanity and a blessing that we're all entitled to live in, to go out into the earth, uh, to subdue it, to rule over it. Uh, And we know from last week that we will experience the blessing the way it was intended to only as much as we're walking aligned with God's will in this world. So if we're stewarding well, we'll experience the joy of that. If we're out oppressing people, we will reap the reward of our negativity. Blessing is always predicated on obedience. I think you also have to see in this moment of blessing that the blessing is freely given. So God gives Abraham the command, go, and then offers him a blessing before he's even had an opportunity to do what God has said. And that's the pattern all the way through Scripture. When blessing is spoken, the blessing is given freely, But the ability to receive and then experience the fullness of what is spoken is predicated on how well we stick with Jesus and walk in the way that he's calling us to walk. So receiving fulfillment of any promise or blessing in scripture and receiving the fullness of any blessing that we speak over one another is directly related to how well we are following in the footsteps of our Savior. So there are three core elements to this blessing to Abraham that we'll look at one at a time. And to give the game away, we're going to look at another couple of blessings that come through Scripture, and we're going to see that it's the same pattern through them all. Um, So I'll give the game away. You don't need to guess. So the first of the blessing elements that we see in the passage is the blessing of provision. So the passage says, if you go, I will make you into a great nation and I will bless you. I will make your name great and you will be a blessing. I think we've got to stop and always remember the context. What's the context right now? Abraham is married to Sarah. We know the story. She can't have kids. So Abraham and Sarah are childless. The thought of any future that involved them building a family, building tribes, building a nation is the furthest thing from their mind. It's an impossibility. But we serve the God who loves to overcome impossibilities and make the impossible possible. So he speaks this blessing, if you walk in obedience, I'm going to make you into a great nation. And I'm sure for Sarah, Sarah's like, finally, that means there's going to be a child somewhere along the line that's going to let this be fulfilled in my life. I'm sure after years and years of trying unsuccessfully to produce the heir that they're longing for, like she's going, is this really going to happen I'm sure she probably at some point spiritualizes it. Oh, maybe I'm going to be a great nation by helping all of these people around me know who God is. Maybe she went that direction. Um, But we know that eventually in the story, she's so taken by the blessing and so sure that it needs to happen that she gives her servant girl to Abraham and says, let's do it this way. Um, And it causes a whole bunch of issues in scripture that are still existing in the world to this day because she didn't have the faith to trust that God would do what God would do. This blessing as it's spoken speaks both hope and reversal to the areas of shame and brokenness that Abraham and Sarah are walking in. So when we jump, like in a couple of weeks when I'm back and we're talking about this more, we're gonna talk more specifically, but what does this look like when we're speaking it over the people around about us? We're gonna have a job to sit with the people, understand the shame and the brokenness and the longings of their heart and come alongside God and all the promises he has in scripture and all the, the hearts that he gives you for that person and to be speaking his truth into their life in a way that's going to speak hope and reversal to the area of shame and brokenness. On this side of, of the gospel, like we, we read the Abraham story and it's like, okay, that's past. We, we, we read this covenant just as one of the things that kind of points ahead to the future. I don't know that we stop and think a lot of the time what is implied in this promise. I say it's a promise of provision and a blessing of provision. Why? What does it take to make someone a great nation? It wasn't just a promise that Sarah was going to have a baby. But when you think in your head of a great nation, what does that entail? It entails that, that there's a number of people, that they have a land that they live in, that there are laws that govern the land, that they have people in the country that are helping govern what's going on. It means they've got the resources to funk well. If your nation is going great, to be great, it's not just the materials, but you're going to live in peace and harmony with one another, and you're going to innovate, and you're going to create, and you're going to lead, uh, and. So So implied in this blessing is way more than I'm sure Abraham ever realized at the moment that was given. I think we know through scripture that the greatest of blessings that is given, the greatest provision is not just the materials and not just the unity and and the resources that they need. He's going to go on and tell us that really the provision is the blessing of his presence that's going to enable all of these things to happen as they move forward. You know, there's other blessings scattered throughout scripture. I can't go through them all, but just put a couple up on the screen that are blessings spoken about provision. Uh, Philippians 4, 19, uh, my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So Paul is writing to the Philippian church and the blessing that bursts forth is that this God will provide the things that you need to do the work that he's calling you to do. Uh, Second Corinthians 9, 8, very similar, God is able to make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. So notice it wasn't some grace to get some sufficiency to be able to make it through periodically Uh, But this this incredible blessing, all grace, so that you'll have all sufficiency in all things at all times that you may abound in every good work. God's promises of provision. All the writers of Scripture are constantly speaking these blessings over the people around them that serve as reminders that God owns all. It serves as reminders of his heart to give us what we need and call us back to the, the fact that in order to do these things, we need to be walking in obedience to what he's doing, and we need. To be obeying the calling to be out there in the world so that he can cause these things to abound in us. When God blesses his people, he blesses them with the promise of provision for everything that he is calling them to do. So sometimes we get to look at our life and self examine. We're looking at our life going, I don't have all that I need to do, all that I'm called to do. Are you doing the things that you're called to do? And are you using the resources that you've been given? directly for the things that God has called us to do or are we wasting the resources that he's given us and then asking for more things to self-serve as we walk our own way in the world that one stung me I don't know if it stung you (laughs) second arena of blessing that we see is the blessing of protection Genesis 12, verse 2, I will bless those who bless you, and whoever curses you, I will curse. And all the people on the earth will be blessed through you. There's an interesting thing happens in the original language here. He's talking in plural, I will bless those plural who bless you. And then he changes language, and whoever, and he's talking singular, the one person, any one person that curses you, I will curse. So I'm going to bless anyone, everyone in the world through you. And then any single person in any domain that comes against you will experience my wrath against them. God stands with his people against the world. And in particular, he's standing with those who are aligned with his will in the world. So we can pledge, confess faith in Jesus. We can go to church and declare that we're Christians. And then we can live in a world, in, in the world in a way that is oppressing other people, that is mistreating other people. God will stand with the people you're oppressing and mistreating more than he'll stand with you. The blessing of protection is to us if we're walking in his way. That if we go out and we serve the lowest and the least, he'll protect us in that process. As we go out in the world, he tells us that we'll experience suffering if we're we're serving in his name. He's going to protect us and our eternal salvation in that process other promises and, and blessings in scripture that are tied uh, to this blessing of protection and you'll see provision and protection go together Isaiah forty-one ten: fear not for I am with you be not dismayed I am your God I will strengthen you I will help you I will uphold you with my righteous right hand Then Philippians 4.7, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. So these promises of both physical protection in the world, but also spiritual protection, in the Western world, we don't like to think a lot about the angelic realm and that there's angelic forces for good and demonic forces that are coming against us and that there are promises in Scripture for protection for us in the middle of this spiritual warfare. More than that, as part of the protection, he has provided us with the armor that we need to build to stand firm in the middle of it and take ground against it. Um. <laughs> When we get to the point of, of, like, what's a blessing that I can pray over someone else or write into someone else? I'll tell you a blessing I really want. like The blessing to be able to see into the spiritual realities that exist around us. That's a blessing I think the church needs today. To have our eyes lifted off of the physical and be reminded that we live in a spiritual battle. God, as a church, would you give us eyes to see what's really going on in the world around us? The third arena of blessing that we see is the blessing of presence. And, and this blessing is implied in the passage that we looked at, the blessing given to Abraham. But we see it more ex as you get further on in the story. At this point, the blessing has been passed from Abraham to Isaac and God is giving words the same blessing passed from father to son. Uh, and the words that are spoken, God says, stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you. The blessing is is tied to his presence. Um, Provision and protection are always tied to the presence of God. And we have to remember when we live in this world, hashtag I want the blessed life, the ultimate blessing is not the material and it's not the protection. The ultimate blessing that we're longing for is his presence in the middle of circumstances. Because as we say all the time, God's presence makes all the difference. I believe this is what we're seeing in our church right we're beginning to see again the presence of God moving in our midst our hearts are being broken we're being moved to new obedience we're being kinder in the way that we're interacting with people and as a result we're growing we're finding the provision that we need the provision and the protection that we're seeing is the result of us seeking his presence and God opening our eyes to see the ways that he's at work Let me look at this passage in 26 in full, and I just want you to pay attention to the relationship between blessing and obedience, and then all of the protection and the provision and the presence that are all tied up in this blessing, Abraham, down to Isaac. So the Lord appears to Isaac and says, do not go down to Egypt, live in the land where I tell you to live, stay in this land for a while, and I will be with you, and I will bless you. For to you and your descendants I will give all the lands and will confirm the oath that I swore to your father Abraham. I'll make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky. I will give them all these lands and through your offspring all nations on the earth will be blessed because Abraham obeyed me and did everything I required of him keeping my commands, my decrees and my instructions. I wonder how many of us have blessings spoken over our life. I wonder how many of us are looking at the blessings and the promises we see in Scripture and longing for them, but the thing that stands between you and being able to get the thing God wants to give you is the disobedience in the areas of your life that you know that you shouldn't be walking in. Movement one was looking at blessing in Scripture that goes from God to people. People. Uh, another arena of blessing in Scripture goes from person to person. So we could jump to the end of the story and see like Genesis 49 where you've got uh, uh, Jacob giving his promises to, to his sons. Um, one of the ones that I think is most beautiful, uh, we know it as the uh, the high pri- priestly prayer in, in Numbers chapter 6. So let me look at this one. Uh, a blessing that is given in Scripture. So God speaks this blessing over the priests and then gives this blessing to the people of Israel to continue to declare over the priests as they do their work in the world. And so uh, what does it say? And we've sang this many times before. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face toward you and give you peace. So what do we see in here? The word keep, the Lord bless you and keep you. Keep is a statement in scripture of protection. God keeps us safe, he keeps us to himself. You've got these statements of blessing and provision and presence that his face would shine on us, that his face would be turned towards us and that's a, a statement of intimacy that the presence would be so good that we we see his face looking at us, that, that we would shine the way that Moses shone when he was in the presence of God, the way that Jesus shone when he was at the top of the Mount of Transfiguration, that that face would shine on us and that we would experience that as we move out into the world. It's a blessing of peace, that we would live in peace with God, with one another, with creation as we move about the world. Now again, you can look at this and we go, okay, that was a priestly prayer given in Numbers for the priests. That doesn't apply to me today because I'm not a priest. Um, But we know how the story goes, right? Uh, First Peter chapter 2, we're a royal priesthood, a holy nation, uh, that we might bring praise to God. So we are this priesthood, and this blessing was given for God's people to speak over the priests around them. So this becomes the message that you get to say to the person sitting next to you uh, who is walking with Jesus as a statement of what they're supposed to be as they walk in the world. How many of you want God to bless and keep you? How many want to be held in his hand? How many want to look up and see his face shining upon you? What's implied in a shining face, right? Our faces don't shine like this. (laughs) Uh, I may have that facial expression when I concentrate and I'm not actively trying to smile. There isn't acronym RBF that I won't say in full that I am guilty of in this world but but the, the imagery of God's face shining on us is the picture the in our intimacy with him we would understand that every moment of every day his face is shining with delight as he looks at us and what we're doing I think too many of us live our Christianity with the idea that God is up there with his grumpy face like telling us off for everything that we're doing. He's waiting on every moment that we can mess up so he can smite us in consequence for what we do. Our God is more like a parent with a toddler as they're fumbling and bumbling around and it's like, oh, it fell over. Oh, look at that. The spaghetti's all over their face. Yay. Um, that's the that's smile that is on God's face toward us. And so for many of us, the blessing that we need is, God, would you open our eyes to see you as you truly are? Would you take the false image of you that we have in our mind and replace it with an image of truth? You see in this passage, this blessing, the same themes that we saw in the other ones, a blessing of provision, a blessing of protection, ultimately a blessing of presence. The last movement of blessing that we see in scriptures, you've got from God to man, you've got from person to person, then you've got these blessings that appear in scripture that go from us to God. And I'm always like, we bless God. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Some translations, if you look, the, the, the word behind the, um, in the Old Testament, the word behind blessed is the Hebrew word Barak. Famous person with that name that we, we know. Um, many of our Bibles will take this word and instead of translating it as, as blessed, they'll translate it as the word praise. Because in many senses, when we try to bless God, the best way that we do that is to his provision and his protection. And his presence. And it emits from us as a praise. So you look at uh, Psalms, like Psalm 104. Psalms are full of these blessings to the Lord. Look at what it says. Bless the Lord, O my soul. It's praising God for what he has done. We bless God by acknowledging that he's the provider and the protector and the present one. And when we allow our hearts to acknowledge that, the only thing that should happen is we burst with some kind of acknowledgement of that to him. And God is blessed when we acknowledge who he is. I think you see it in this one more than the others. A blessing is an expression from the heart and soul of one person to the heart and soul of another. In this moment of God, I see all that you're doing. I see the provision that you've given me. It's bursting forth. All I can do is sing your praise. When God writes his blessing or declares his blessing over Abraham, it's not like, oh, Abram's done all right. How can I reward him today? I know, let's come up with a blessing. What well, would be a fun blessing for Abraham? Ah, oh, they can't kind have of kids. Let's, let's give them a nation. Here you go. I don't know if you're watching the news right now and you know the kind of political climate in the world right now. We've got elections coming up here. There's the whole debacle that's happening back at home that I get to walk into. Um, I don't want a nation. (laughs) Oh my God, do not give me a nation, right? Like who wants to lead a nation right now? No, no, no. yeah. So, So God's not just like plucking this out of thin air. God was looking at Abraham and his face is shining towards Abraham and Abraham's commitment to God and obedience to him and out of love and delight, God bursts forth his heart toward Abraham's heart is, I'm gonna bless you and I'm gonna make you great. And I'm going to give you these things. And you're going to bless people because of your intimacy with me. And the people that stand against you, I'm going to stand against them. It's a declaration of intimate connection. We talked about it last week. It's relational. When he gives us the command to, to speak over the, priest, the, the priesthood. It's a declaration of my affection for you as someone who serves God in the world. So as I think about you and I think about what you do, my heart bursts with may God bless you and keep you and his face shine on you. These are, are, are heartfelt Uh, words that burst forth from us that take the promises of God, that take the brokenness of the person in front of us, that take the heart that we feel for them and the heart that we connect with of God's, and we speak those hopes and those promises over the people who are around us. So the pattern in Scripture is simple. These blessings fall into these categories of provision, protection, and presence. Now, you probably don't live in the world thinking about blessings. You probably wouldn't say of yourself that I'm someone that lives in the world craving blessings, but the reality is most of us are living in the world still trying to get blessings from people. Right? How many of you are living through the world still trying to earn the blessing from your parents who have never quite approved of what you do? How many of you are still trying to prove to that teacher in junior high that you're more than they thought you were? How many of us are still living and shaping our lives around uh, what our neighbors think, what our friends think, what this people group think, what these people at work think. And we shape our lives because we're craving the blessing that they want to give us. And because we're craving a blessing that comes from the people around about us, we end up living in the world in a way that dishonors God because we care about their blessing and approval more than we care about ours. What would it look like if just the people in this room, instead of us living through life trying to claim the blessing from some person that hurt us in the past or is no longer around us or holds a standard that doesn't align with God, what God holds, what if we walked into church on a Sunday or a small group during the week or we sat down for coffee and the person in front of you listened to the Word of God they looked and tapped into the heart of God. They saw the longings of your being and they spoke blessing over you. How much healing do you think would happen in our midst if we recaptured the beauty of blessings? In, in the Old Testament, you look at the end, the end of the, the life of Joseph, the, 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 the whole story with, with Jacob and Joseph. He, he had favorites. He blessed Uh, Joseph, he gave him the big flowing multicolored robe and it's like, "You're, you're the one that I love the most and all the other kids are like, ah, you've got a favorite. In that moment, all the other kids are running after the blessing that was being stolen by this one kid, right? And we do this in the world. We withhold blessing from some people and we give it to others and then we leave the people round about as craving for that sense of knowing that they're loved and wanted and cared for in the world. What if we were to recapture this in the way that we function as a church? So I want to put some uh, things up here for you to reflect and respond on. Um, so, so this week, here's the invitation. Take a moment and remember, think back through the various blessings that God speaks in the Bible. So uh, you can grab your Bible and you can flick through and find it. Lots of Bibles have a concordance at the back where it has the word blessed and you can pull the word blessed and you can go through and lookings that were spoken. Uh, You can jump on Google and just type blessings in the Bible and it'll give you a list of multiple verses that are the blessings that were the habit of the people of God to speak over one another. Number two, take some time to reflect on your own practice. To what degree do the words that come out of your mouth represent blessing? And what degree do they represent something else? And in your own practice, like, do you actually use blessing or do you just settle for compliments? (laughs) And is there more in your life that you're being called to uh, in order to speak this more in the world? And then lastly, this response that I'd love you to do this week. Write and share a blessing. So this might be that you look through some of the passages in Scripture and you look at yourself and think, no one's ever spoken a blessing over me. Maybe you want to write a blessing over yourself. What is the heart of God for you? What are some of the promises? Just using those words, provision, protection, presence. Like, What blessing would you write over yourself? And that i just encourage you this week, every, every day, Just look in the mirror and speak that blessing over yourself. Uh, You may want to do it to a friend who's going through a hard time. Here's a blessing that I want to write that's going to give you hope in the middle of this. You may want to do it to your kids. What blessing of, of provision and protection and presence do you have for them? And every day when they walk out the door to go to school, what might change about them? if that was the last thing they heard as they walked out to the door to walk into the world around us. So write and share a blessing. And if you're bold enough to, to share them with us, you can email them into the office. We'd love to see some of what you write. I'm gonna to have Toby come back up and uh, finish with some worship. Thanks, Toby. Um, but here's the last part of response that I want. I've had this image in my mind. It comes from scripture. So this moment Where Isaiah is is before God and feels unworthy. And it says, like, God reaches in and takes a coal from the altar of God and touches his lips. And in that moment, blesses him with the ability to declare the word of God. And so, here's what I want us to do I'd love to invite you to stand up for a moment. And I just want you to imagine with me uh, that you're standing in front of Jesus. And there's a burning altar of coals in front of you. Let me let me do this first. So so I'm calling all of us to this in one sense. All of us are called to be this kind of person speaking this way in the world. But there are some people in the room that as I'm talking about this kind of blessing people, you feel some deep, deep, deep stirring inside that you want to be this kind of person. And you feel a resonance that God has made you this kind of person. So if, if that's you, just stick your hand up for a moment just as a way of saying, God, I feel like you're calling me to live this way in the world and I want this. I'm going to pray a blessing over you in a moment. But here's what I want you to do, especially if your hand is raised, but anyone is welcome to do this. I just want you to visualize in your mind that there's an altar in front with hot coals burning. And if you want God to anoint your lips to speak his words in a new way, just in your heart, say, God, anoint my lips. And I just want you to picture his hand going into the altar and pulling out a coal and he touches it against your lips. Just remember for a minute that that's sore (laughs) because he wants to burn up the negativity that's been on our tongues and release a new skin over our lips that's going to declare differently in the world. So let me pray for you and then uh, we'll worship. (laughs) God, thank you that right now you are speaking blessing over us. Thank you that you call all of us and empower all of us to be agents of life in the world. But God, right now, uh, I thank you for the people in the room who have a special calling to use their words to lead people into fuller wholeness of who who you are. So may you bless their lips and bless their hearts. And bless their minds to know your words, to know your will, to see into the heart of people, to see into the spiritual reality, and to bring all of those things in a prayerful declaration that's poured over the lives of your people. And then God, we join with David as we pray. May the words of our mouths and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord and Arvind